0: mbr radio network maddie and coach wing with you here joined on the phone right now by the voice of the UMaine women's basketball team don shields good morning don y'all shoveled out you ready baseball practice ready for oceanside everything good to go
1: we uh will be in the gym on uh, monday maybe monday i mean uh, my assistants might be running it if uh <laughs> something doesn't if uh somehow the miracle happens in texas <laughs>
0: Must hey, be, you never know. You never know. You know, you never know. There's something very special about this team this year, uh, especially this women's team. I love. You know, I, I remember the the Cindy era. You know, with with Cindy and 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 and, and all of that. You know, with women's basketball in Maine at that point was really the premier thing, and you know it had its moments. You know, throughout, there's always been a really good history of women's ball up at up at the University of Maine. It was great to see the cross uh, the cross. Full on Friday. It was great. I mean, I'm sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, on Friday, and I look up, and there's Amy Vashon talking, you know, talking after the game because they're going to the big dance. I mean, that's some pretty cool stuff for a program that's come a really, really long ways uh, here over the last few years, from back yeah. to where it was.
1: Yeah, no question about it. You know, the, you talked about the the Cindy Blodgett started that run, and actually there were a few pieces there, but that's the Joy and Palumbo run where they go to six straight NCAA's and it. It starts, really, for most fans in Maine with Cindy Blodgett's freshman year, and it ends with the senior year of Amy Vasha and Jamie Cassidy and that group. And uh, then, you know, Maine has had some years, Oh four, 4 Obviously, they go uh, uh, to the NCAAs uh, when uh, uh, they lose in the first round of that. Uh, and then it's been a while. I mean, they've been it, really after after uh, that 05, Oh five, 5 probably 0 team. They go fives of the year. They made it to the uh, the uh, WMTP, And then the kind of the bottom fell out. And you had Cindy coming back to coach. That's when I started uh, calling the games. And, uh, you know, already at that point, the the foundation had been chipped away. And when Coach Barron came in, it took a couple of years for him to actually get a bill back up. And in large part, done with two things. One, the recruiting of Liz Wood and uh, the big influence of foreign players, and that team had a great four-year run, oh, a great three-year run. The first year uh, wasn't that uh, magnificent, but uh, they were freshmen learning how to play. But they're the ones that turned the corner for this program, and uh, their best shot was when they lost that one-point heartbreaker at Albany uh, two years ago. Last year's team, you know, that was bonus. I mean, that was Ziggy equate to getting red hot, and some of these freshmen, namely Blanca Milan learning hay. Uh, We can be really impact players. And that really motivated the run to get them to Albany last year. And then this year, um, it's been the growth of Blanca Milan uh, and uh, Tanisha Sutton, really the two on-court leaders. And then the other ones, uh, other players just kind of building around that and really believing. And the really the person who's led that belief in last year's run and this year's run is Amy Vashon. I think, you know, her four-year contract extension. Not only deserve, but uh, I think people who are on the outside say, oh, this is nice. You know, this former Black Bear girl from Augusta has, uh, you know, uh, got this team to go to the NCAA. If you saw the stuff she does day in, day out, you would really, really appreciate what a great coach she is and how she really was the is the key person that pushed this team from being, hey, a real good American East team to being an American East champion.
0: I, I knew she had it. When she was coaching at Macaulay. And it's not often you can look around in main high school ball and say, yeah, she's way too, yeah, she's, she is not long for high school coaching. I mean, she just had a, she had a way about her. She had a great way. It, you know, you see a lot of players and former players that get into coaching and some of them have it and some of them don't. But with her, it was, she had a great relationship with her players, but at the same time, she had that kind of line there with good relationship and their respect. You know, with the way she talked to them, the way she dealt with them, and you know, the way they talked about her after she left and and went up to Maine, and you knew she it wasn't going to take long. I mean, I, I'm sure nobody expected it to be this quickly. They figured probably be a few more more years uh, with Richard and, and and going from there. But you know, circumstances how they are, you know, all of a sudden Amy's there and she's taking this opportunity and ran with it. I I think this could be the start of a very long and in tremendous uh, tremendous stretch here for. For you, Maine women's basketball, and I, I can't think of anybody better uh, to be the face of it than Amy. It's uh, I, I'm super happy for her, and uh, it, it's it's great to see that because you know that the next Amy Vashon is is somewhere playing in Maine right now, or, or it just got done playing in Maine, and she might be able to do that same thing with another program around here. It's uh, I, I think it's a great story.
1: It is a great story. Great coaching pedigree in her family, um, and and I think one of the real keys for Amy. Um, is that uh, she was able to come to Maine and be an assistant and really learn the college game as far as the recruiting part of it is concerned. And, and so I think that is one of those uh, underappreciated factors. Her her ability to communicate with the, the kids on the court, on the court, off the court is phenomenal. And uh, doesn't get too upset about anything. I mean, you know, I would have been... Stressed out beyond belief. Had I found out while we were in Mississippi State earlier this year that, hell oh, by the way, your flight is canceled. The only way you're getting to Duke to play there on Tuesday night is by taking a 13-hour bus ride. <laughs> Whoa! And, that, and that's what and that's what happened. And I I tell you that she won the trip because she goes, okay, no problem. I mean, uh, the kids all stopped. We we they, we stopped at a at a Walmart. The kids were given like 10 bucks or something to go in buy whatever you guys want for, you know, this amount of money, you know, make this fun. There was a, uh, uh, a team tournament on the bus, a trivia type of thing, and it really was Amy who led that, that really, you know, that, that people don't see that stuff. It saved that trip. Now, yeah, they lost both games, but they were playing Mississippi State and Um So, uh, uh, but, you know, that could have been the, a, a real slippery slope, and it could have been a lot of grousing and people upset, and Oh, why are we doing this? And it wasn't. It was the total opposite. It was like they embraced it. They loved it. They had a good time. They come right back off that Christmas break and beat Boston College and really haven't stopped since. I mean, you beat an ACC team. I don't care if it's a bad ACC team. If you're a mid-major and you go into an ACC building and you win a ball game, that's a pretty big deal.
0: That's a that's a big-time deal. Don, tell us about the itinerary for going to Austin. What What's that look like?
1: Uh, what What's the feel for that? Uh, I'd love to tell you. Uh, I'm right now still in the dark. All I know is that they're still putting it together. We fly out sometime tomorrow, and uh, after we fly out, uh, we, we, uh, I, I know we're, the plan is to be in Austin tomorrow night. So uh, what I – the NCAA is involved, so I think that's what yes. part of the, uh, of the problem is. So I have not seen the itinerary. So what I'm being told is a flight sometime around noon. It's likely going to be a charter. Uh, which is good for the team because if you've ever flown with Humane, I mean it's there. There was no such thing as an easy flight for Maine. Um, you know, I, my, I envisioned when I what I saw we were going to Austin. I said, okay, so let's see. We'll go through Philly, and then we'll <laughs> probably fly into St. Louis, and then another plane to get down to uh, down to Austin. <clears throat> that was kind of what I I figured, or or some, me thereof. Um, so uh, the team is supposed to practice at the Austin on Friday, and there's also a media uh, session on Friday, which is all lined up by the NCAA. I'm not sure what practice Maine has or, or anything, but I have read it up on the uh, the website for Texas that uh, tells me that, uh, you know, they, we, they want us there uh, all day on Friday. So that would be, uh, you know, my guess is we'll get there Thursday night and uh, practice Friday and play on Saturday evening. And I, I want to imagine probably a shoot-around also for them on Saturday morning at some place. That's normally, especially if you're going to play a night game um, or a late afternoon game, you have a shoot-around just to, to get the the body moving and work over some last-minute, maybe out of bound plays or coverages and get some shots up.
0: You know, Blanca Milan was uh, was part of a, a trio of freshmen, a Spanish trio of freshmen, the start of the 2016-17 opener for u Women. She's the only one left um yeah. any she's uh talk a little bit about her from where she came from to where she is now because you know that was a big hit after losing Siggy koisar last year
1: yeah okay so uh uh the, there were three spaniards the um the one everybody talked about early on was uh lia soleil who went on and she transferred and she's gone to duquesne there was also naira caceres and Laya and naira were very close they played on um a uh, Spaniard uh, national team uh, together. Uh, so Blanca was from Spain, but I think, I think geographically was like about an hour and a half away from where Laya and Naira were. Uh, about midway through last year, even though Laya was the Rookie of the Year, I, I don't think there was much question that um, Blanca was the best defender, the best rebounder. I'm not sure uh, we expected to see the scoring that she's had this year, Uh, but but she, to me, uh, is is just phenomenal. As far as her ability to uh, sense the court, toughest defender on Maine, arguably, in my mind, was the second best player in this conference this year. Uh, The player of the year was the young lady from um, uh, Binghamton, whose name I just, I could see her number 11, but I can't think of her name. Uh, And she deserved to be uh, player of the year, scored over 2,000 points in her career. But Blanca by by far was, in, in my mind, was the second best player in this conference. And, uh, you know, got rewarded with that with the first team all-conference and all-defensive team. But her ability, if you watched Friday's game, her ability to score at, uh, at will when she gets rolling and at angles that may not be the normal angle to take a shot from is uh, very impressive. Plus, She's got 97 steals this year. I mean, she's had a steal in 38 straight games. Her hands are so quick. Um, It is uh, is very, very impressive.
0: Talking with Don Shields. He's the voice of the UMaine women's basketball team. You know, Coach Barron uh, obviously knows how to build a program up in Orono, uh, considering of, you know, what was started uh, when he got there and and where the program has gotten to uh, before he had to leave for medical stuff. Is he going to be able to translate that to the men's side, taking over the men's role for the departing Bob Walsh?
1: I think so. Uh, The one thing is, here's the advantage Coach Barron has over any other coach who has come in to Maine to coach the men's program. He already knows how to sell the University of Maine story. So, you know, the fact that he was with the women's program for so many years and he's been able to recruit, um, even though it has been on the women's side of the game, um, he knows the Maine story. So he knows how he's got to pitch the University of Maine for kids who, whether they're in-state, out-of-state, out-of-the-country, how to pitch Maine and why Maine's a great place to come play. Um, you know, and, you know, the fact that the – you get the young man from Portland to commit already. I mean, I think that's a, that's that's a positive, you know, that getting done in the, in his first week. I think that, uh, you know, give him a couple of years, and I really think that, uh, you know, main men's basketball will start to turn the program and be relevant, which is something that really have not been in in and in the, in the state for a number of years.
0: Wow, what, what Coach Wing is—he's heard me yeah, get all Maddie, fired up. Maddie about goes that. on a rant every time. Yeah, every time, every I time just, we take out men's basketball. I can, I can just never fathom why the women's program has success and and the men don't. But I, I can, I could see where it could it could happen, and i I'm, I'm going into this with very cautious optimism as it moves forward. Uh, was there any disappointment at all that it was? Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody was happy to be in the tournament, and they were really happy probably not to get a 16 seed. But uh, everything I kept reading they they probably they probably shook out maybe as more of a 14 versus a three. Was there any surprise that they ended up at it, it, uh, taking on a uh, in the 15-2 matchup against Texas?
1: So Texas is the number 18 of the nation. So my guess is that Maine was the um, was that last or first 15 seed, which means they were just one slot away from being a 14 seed. i saw a lot of people upset by that um you know the the option was to go to if they, i think the the prevailing rumor was that we were Maine was going to go 14 and they were going to go to tennessee so that didn't happen um i you know for a team that hasn't been to the ncaa's in 14 years um I, I think the 15 and, and the fact that we're mid-major, uh, I think the 15 seed is, is is about where I thought. I mean, I was praying that, you know, I was glad that ESPN showed UConn's opponent right off the bat because I kept thinking they really wouldn't treat this team and, and send them as a, as a 16 team. I mean, the 70 RPI, they have a very strong strength of schedule. The Americans, as far as mid-majors is concerned, is in the middle of the pack. I think it's 20th or 21st in the nation out of a 28, 29 leagues. So I thought Maine's body of work was going to be enough to keep them out of that 16. So I, but I, but I don't trust anybody. So I was waiting, and I'm glad that they got the UConn thing taken care of right away because I figured if Maine was going to go as a the 16, they were going to send them down to stores and see you later. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not that surprised. I mean, the the NCAA tournament is not set up for big majors. I mean, it never has been, and and it it's set up for for the majors. And uh, you know, um, if you if you want to go win a game, you know, you're going to have to beat a major. I mean, when Maine beat Stanford, I mean, Stanford was down a little bit, but still, that was a, a you know a, a Pack Ten team at the time. You know, when Albany won a couple of years ago, they beat uh, Florida, an SEC team, on their home court. So that you know, that's what you're going to have to do as a mid-major. You're going to have to go on someone's home court. And you're going to have to be prepared to play almost a perfect basketball game to beat
0: them. Talking with Don Shields. He's the voice of the UMaine women's basketball team. Coach, you uh, you good? Got anything to add? You look like you wanted to add something. Well, I, I just, uh, it, I, I went to Maine. And it's so great to see, um, you know, revitalization of, of uh, <clears throat> women's basketball. I, you know, I, I watched the Cindy Blodgett era. You know, I was in Skowhegan when she was at Lawrence. And. So we saw her up close and personal and uh, it's just great. I I have great feelings for how they've done and it's kind of exciting to be in the tournament, almost no matter where they go.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. And you know, if you really look at the history of Maine or America East teams that are successful in the NCAA, it, it is the teams that have gone two or three years as a group and usually senior-laden teams. The team, the main team to beat Stanford was, you know, Vashon and Cassidy being the, the key players. But that's a senior-laden team, and they're for that group in their fourth straight NCAA. The Albany team that knocked off Florida two years ago, that for the most part is a senior, a couple of juniors who played a lot in their fourth straight NCAA. I'm not saying Maine's going to have to go to four straight NCAA's to. To beat a, a quality team like a Texas but you know this first time through I, I hope fans are realistic that the, you know and they understand this team is really really young there's one senior on the squad she doesn't she comes off the bench she's the first big off the bench you know Maine starts a freshman point guard three sophomores and a junior uh, when you play you know, the Texas starting lineup you're gonna talk about the uh two seniors who have played over 118 games each, a junior has played over 100 games, another uh, uh, junior who is uh, closing in on 90 games played in their career, and uh, a sophomore who was the uh, Big 12 Rookie of the Year last year. So it's a really good Texas team that, that Maine is going to play, and, and that's, you know, so they're going to have, and playing on their home court, they're going to have that confidence of playing there being a veteran squad and, and going through the NCAA, it's kind of like I like to say for the high school game, you know, sometimes you get those young teams, you need them to make the tournament the first year so they can go through it so when they go in the next year as either junior late senior leading teams, they kind of understand what it's about. They're not in awe of running out on the court and hearing the roar and seeing all these things that are going on. They need to go through it once and I, you know, I I think this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the beginning of what I'm hoping is going to be a nice run for this Black Bears uh, program.
0: Don Shields is the voice of the UMaine women's basketball team. They are headed to Texas, Austin, Texas, to be precise. They'll be playing Saturday night, 6 o'clock. I know the Buffalo Wild Wings around Maine will be having a watch party for that. Make sure you wear your UMaine gear. You'll get 10% off your ticket, so that would be good stuff there. Don, have a great trip down there, and, and hopefully you can, uh, hopefully uh, they can pull off the miracle. But if not, you know, something to build on as they move forward. And uh, I look forward to seeing you and your your Oceanside baseball team here uh, coming up this year.
1: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I'm excited about the trip. I mean, this is my 11th, my 11th year. It's my 11th year of doing main basketball. Hard to believe. Wow. And uh, the first six were weren't good. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, uh, <laughs> to put it mildly, <laughs> uh, you know I mean so when when you call uh, six years of I think the best season was eight and twenty two, I think that was the best season. Yeah, um, it, it starts to wear on you. So you know you kind of think, okay, well maybe someday we'll get to a conference championship game. Well, that'd be kind of fun to call that. And and then that happened, and we didn't win that, but we went to a, Maine's gone to two WNITs, a WBI. Um, so you know, hey, you feel like okay, you're starting to see some growth in the program. But everybody, whether you're a coach, or a player, a fan, or a broadcaster, you want to do a game at the NCAA. So this is like a dream come true for me. I, you know, I've done the research over the last couple of days. I can tell you how good Texas is. They're 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 scary good, and uh, they're number eight in the nation for a reason. Uh, so, uh, but I I think you know the Black Bears, um, you know, they just go down there, and uh, the great thing that they have done is they have played teams of this caliber. They played at Miami when they were in the top twenty-five or just outside the top twenty-five. They played at Ohio State when they were number eight in the nation and stayed within thirteen. They went to uh, Mississippi State when they were number two. We don't need to talk about that, but uh, I'm telling you right now, Mississippi State would impress anybody when you when they have a six-seven center who had a double-double, and she's not their best player. Um, and they played at Duke. And, you know, that's on the tail end of all this long run for me. They lost that game, didn't play extremely well. But still, they played in that type of atmosphere. So I think that bodes well for them as a building block, hopefully for not only what happens on Saturday night, but the next couple of years.
0: Don Shields is the voice of the UMA and women's basketball team. Don, have a great trip, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, guys. Hey, good luck. Thank you, Don. Appreciate Go it. Maine.
0: Don Shields. He's the voice of the UMaine women's basketball team. Of course, UMaine women playing on Friday night against Texas in the NCAA tournament. You're listening to The Beatless Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.